Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News and co-host of Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talking Tide podcast wherever you prefer to get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And of course, we're live on YouTube and Facebook as well. The Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide, links to all of our podcasts drop right away on that Twitter feed. So give us that like and follow on Twitter and, of course, as well on YouTube. Quickly thanking a couple of sponsors, Peter Chocolate here of Tuscaloosa and DraftKings. More on them a little later in the program. Travis, we uh, begin with, uh, as you noted pre-show, the post-mortem on this Alabama basketball season. They fall in the round of 16 in Louisville to San Diego State. The final score is 71 64. Uh, Alabama kind of hits that regional semifinal ceiling again. Uh, it's been broken through once, but it's been a long time. And uh, San Diego State got it done with that stout defense that we talked about, Travis. Uh, they uh, they can lock you down. They were able to do it effectively enough against Alabama, and uh, they, they come away with a win. And as we sit here and record this, we, we've also now know that uh, they'll be Moving on uh, to the final four of those Aztecs. Yeah, San Diego State FAU, you know. How about that for one of your national semifinals? I wouldn't have picked that for an NIT semifinal in a lot of years. But kudos to both those teams, man. You talk about San Diego State, you said it, a veteran club, uh, a team that doesn't always play especially well on the offensive end. But they just don't dip in terms of intensity. And it seemed like Alabama got that nine-point lead there in the second half Friday night. And I was probably guilty of it, too. I started to think, well, here it comes. Alabama going to stretch it out like we've seen them do in the second half of so many games this season. This will end up being a 10-point win or so for the Crimson Tide. But San Diego State wasn't having it. Immediately went on that run and... Uh, I give Alabama credit, too. Sort of took that big punch, tried to get back in it, had a chance there in the final minute down two to get a stop, maybe get the ball back, maybe tie the game up, maybe take the lead. Uh, instead, Alabama fouls with about 45 seconds left. And, you know, San Diego State from there did what they're supposed to do. They closed the Crimson Tide out and uh, give Darian Trammell a lot of credit. San Diego State's point guard, he was, he was huge, uh, especially there in the second half. Nine out of 16 from the floor, 21 points altogether. San Diego State uh, got loose for some relatively short mid-range jumpers and was pretty deadly with them offensively. At least um, at least that part of their offense was strong uh, uh, from the three-point line. San Diego State, six out of 17, which is, I guess, around 35% or so, maybe a little better than that. Much better than three for 27. Alabama struggled in a big way from three-point range. And you talk about that run, Travis, that Alabama went on pretty much to start the second half and claim a lead and look like they were going to take over uh, at 48-39. I believe Javon Quinterly hit a three from the right wing as part of that run, maybe even to cap that run. Uh, and at that point, you thought, okay, maybe they find their stroke from three-point range now, and, and, and that's how they run away. Uh, but – they ended up uh, with nobody on the team making more than one three. Brandon Miller was one for 10. Quinterly one for three. 
Ryland Griffin won for five and, and they ended three for 27 on the night. Um, and, you know, they've won a lot of games. When, when They've won their share of games when they've shot poorly from three-point range uh, by with penetration and pick and roll. Uh, but penetration and pick and roll didn't get it done against SDSU, Travis. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I felt like, I felt like what was missing for Alabama in a lot of cases was just getting the ball inside and 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 scoring um, scoring with that back to the basket game that Nate Oates just will not just will not uh, he won't have it. It's just it's um, not part of his it's, offense. It's, it's not what he does. No, and I think Charles Bediaco has obviously made some improvements throughout his sophomore season, but. That isn't what they do. They don't do duck-ins into the post and back to the basket. Um, you know, they don't really expect Bediaco to face up to the basket. You know, he's purely uh, pretty much a screen-and-roll guy, and he's very he's become very effective at it. Good hands for a seven-footer, and ability to finish is improved. Um, but that isn't a part of what they do. So, on a night when – you know, three of their top guys like Javon Quinterly, Brandon Miller, uh, and Noah Clowney combined, what they combined for 22 points in the game, something like that for those, yeah. those three, Alabama's just not going to win many games when, when those guys, especially at this point in this season, have that kind of night. And we talk about that though. And I thought there were some critical 50, 50 balls that Alabama wasn't able to come up with. And, in, in not being able to do that, it, they were punished. You know, it seemed like San Diego State in a lot of those instances or the handful didn't just get buckets, hit a couple of big threes off of those. Um, and end of the day, Alabama has weathered these type of performances offensively by playing at a high level in the defensive end. They gave up 43 points in the second half, Chase. So, you know, they did actually score 41 so it was better in terms of point production, but they give up 43 to a San Diego State team that's never going to be confused for the Showtime Lakers, right? I mean, it, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of shortcomings in multiple areas. But you're right. I mean, Alabama basketball, and, and I don't think it's the worst thing. I think it is uh, an approach that you can still get to where you want to go. Um, you know, it's kind of a two pitch pitcher, right? when it comes to the way it plays on the offensive end. It doesn't have a split finger or a change. It's pretty much 100-mile-an-hour heat and then either a slider or a 12-6 to breaking ball like Nolan Ryan back in the day. Well, starters have three pitches, and those closers only have two. That's why they're closers sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But uh, they weren't able to close this one. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. San Diego State, like I said, the intensity does not drop. So just because you get up nine, you don't have a chance to to take a deep breath against that team. I think, no. um, you know, I think we saw that in the regional final on Sunday. It didn't look good for San Diego State there for a while again in the second half. Creighton looked to be in good shape. I think it was 41-34, something like that. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, Creighton's going to get home. And I think Creighton scored 15 points the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a legit San Diego State team. 
you brought up loose balls, definitely a factor. I thought San Diego State was just scrappier than Alabama for, for some of those 50-50 loose balls. Sometimes, though, Travis, the loose ball um, just bounces to somebody. And it's, it does. And it's not, you know, and it seemed like the ones that got loose and just bounced into somebody's hands tended to bounce right into San Diego State's hands. Yeah, so I, don't, I, I don't think Alabama was ball watching. That That's not it. They, they weren't standing around kind of looking at each other. You're right. They were in the fray. It just didn't, it didn't work, work out for them in some instances. And not only did possession not work out for them, like I said earlier, it just seemed like what followed, like the jump ball, you know, that uh, Nick Pringle gets into there in the second half. Goes up, gets the rebound, cradles it, brings it down to his waist. San Diego State ties them up. They've got the arrow inbounds three yeah yeah it seemed like it went that way more than once friday night tough game for brandon miller uh maybe his worst shooting game of the year three for 19 certainly one of them anyway uh i know he had a he, he had the, the one game where he didn't score at all one out of ten from three-point range he did have 11 rebounds nine of those on the defensive end uh, but six turnovers too. travis mm-hmm. uh hurt alabama too alabama ended up with 14 turnovers all together Miller had six of them, um, and it just it just wasn't there for him. And we've seen him um, we've seen him struggle shooting at times. And kind of like the team, usually he's been able to help the team win in in other ways. Didn't seem like he, other than the rebounding, there wasn't a lot positive about what he delivered on uh, on Friday. You think the groin was still an issue? You know, he didn't want to make that excuse. I didn't – I can't say that I saw a physical difference. Did, did you? Just I didn't watching him, I didn't, I didn't pick up on it being an issue. I, I didn't I either. I didn't feel like he was hindered just watching him play. So Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, San Diego State just, just did a lockdown job defensively. And, and uh, you know, you got you to gotta tip your hat to uh, the way they played. Adam Seco, I thought, played pretty well as well. The bench was big. The bench was big. I think San Diego State outscored Alabama's bench by 12. And you knew coming in, both these teams would play 9 or 10 at least. Both teams have no problem going deep. And, and early, they'll go to the bench. And you're right. Uh, Seiko was one of those guys uh, for San Diego State. And it Kind of was a continuation for Alabama's bench, you know, with Ryland Griffin and Amari Burnett. And we talk about Alabama's three-point struggles. There was a stretch during the season when those guys kind of had it going. They weren't able to sustain it. And then, uh, you know, as you got into the postseason, uh, you know, Noah Gurley actually ended up being one of the guys that actually provided some offense in, in the postseason. But um, some of the other guys that, that you went to the bench for, uh, it just wasn't happening, was it? Eight blocks for San Diego State as well. That's certainly a factor in the game. Alabama uh, got a, some of that guard penetration sent back in their face. And and the rebounding edge really wasn't as big as I would have expected, Travis. Alabama pulled down 52 rebounds total, 48 for San Diego State. So, yeah, that they out-rebounded San Diego State by a little bit. But to sit on press row – and be right on top of this game. It was the first time I've ever covered a Sweet 16 game. Had a lot of fun in Louisville. But to sit that close and to be able to eyeball the height advantage that Alabama really had at at most positions on the floor, 
you would have thought that they would have out-rebounded this team by 10 or more. And even with the 20 offensive boards that Alabama did have and the 22nd chance points, um, San Diego State was able to sort of stay in contact with Alabama in that regard because the Aztecs had 17 offensive boards and 18 second chance points. So uh, to, to your point, even on the glass, Alabama wasn't able to gain much in the way of uh, separation. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly. Going to start by telling you a little bit about DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball, of course, is underway. And the action is just getting started on the DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5.00 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins, plus combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings also featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day, see what they have in store. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with the promo code TPPN. Right now, and new customers, again, can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code TPPN. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, Easter, right here upon us. And they've got those traditional favorites in right now at Peter Brook Chocolatier, those peanut butter melt-away eggs that you love so much right there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. They've got the big chocolate eggs that you can get that are filled with the chocolate popcorn. So it's double the treat for that someone special. Easter, Peter Brook Chocolatier. They go hand in hand. 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. You can also give them a call if you've got that special order that you would like to talk to the staff about. 205-752-0211. Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Moving on, going to talk a little bit about what's ahead for this basketball program, Travis. Um, we'll get into football next week as we start looking toward football scrimmages here in the spring for Nick Saban's squad. But as we just kind of wrap up this basketball season, it's going to be another offseason of turnover for Nate Oates for sure. Starting with his staff, he's got some rebuilding to do with his, with his coaching staff. And, of course, beyond that, uh, Brandon Miller, of course, will be moving on as an NBA lottery pick, I think. It's likely that Noah Clowney will be moving on as well. He's a draft-worthy guy, maybe a first-rounder, maybe not a first-rounder, but certainly a a, a draftable. Uh, So you'd have to think he's likely going to move on as well. Uh, Javon Quinterly, you wouldn't expect him to be back. He does actually have one more year of eligibility if he wanted to exercise it. I'd be surprised if that happens. Uh, So a lot of – and it, it, this was the case last year, right? I, I mean, th- th- this team roster-wise doesn't resemble the 21-22 team in any way. So this this is not anything new for Nate Oates, having to basically you know remake uh, the roster, but uh, certainly plenty of turnover coming, Travis. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. And, you know, look, you still have some really nice pieces coming back, even with the potential departures that you outlined and 
Yeah, absolutely. You expect Brandon Miller to move on. Uh, Noah Clowney is going to be interesting. You're seeing him in a lot of first-round box, even fringe lottery. Uh, if that's the case, he's got to go. I mean, that's gotta guaranteed go. money in the first round, the lottery especially. Um, Quinterly didn't take part in the uh, senior night festivities. He did not. He'd done that a year ago. So uh, we'll see. But you know, you think about again the newcomers, both via signing class and also the transfer portal. Give Nate and his staff a lot of credit. Mark Sears for much of the year was um, outstanding. You know, kind of ran into the wall. It felt like a little bit late in the season, but you know, if he comes back, uh, you feel really good about him. Jaden Bradley, a starter for much of the season. Um, you got some guys like Ryland Griffin that are going to continue to get better. I think Namari Burnett will be, assuming he can stay healthy, I think he will be markedly improved in terms of that knee that he was coming off of. There's been some things during the season, and he was he was a really solid contributor. I think he has a chance next year to be you know, 12, 14, 15 points a game. I really do. So you feel good about it. Betty Ako, you know, I think Pringle, Pringle. Could, be, Pringle could be very important. If Clowney moves on, then uh, Pringle takes on heightened importance. So – yeah, still a lot to be excited about. Where are you at with Betty Ako's potential as a pro, Travis? Do you see, I don't expect – I totally expect him to be back next season. Uh, but he looks like a guy who, who's who's trending toward um, who's, who's trending toward a pretty nice pro career. Um, what, in your opinion, what part of – what does he need to work – free throws are given. Beyond free throws, what, what do you think he needs to work on uh, to sharpen his game for the next level. Well, in this system, it needs to be his face-up game, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they don't shoot mid-range. So I'm talking about he needs to stretch his range out and show that he can knock down the occasional shot. Not that they're going to expect him to do that. But like I said earlier, I think in the screen and roll game and the way he's able to catch the basketball, um, you know, on the initial pass, uh, and how much he has improved in terms of using the backboard. He doesn't have to dunk everything. So he's showing you some skills around the basket in other ways. And then defensively, you know, the presence. I, I, I would think his confidence should be to the point where he goes into next year and is, is, is a monster uh, in the paint for, for Alabama. Again, understanding they're not going to come down and you know dribble it 10 times and wait for him to get posted up. Uh, but even in the way they like to play, the, the most encouraging thing I thought about Charles down the stretch was he did it again against um, he did it again against SDSU too. Stayed out of early foul trouble. He done a better job of that. Chase, I mean, when you get his minutes up over twenty five or so, that's because he he's not picking up the one or two like he did maybe more so as a freshman. So yeah, I think he's a future pro, um, but. Uh, you know, it's probably still a year or two away. NATO's losing Brian Hodgson, of course, the assistant coach taking over at Arkansas State, a former uh, Alabama deputy athletic director, Jeff Purinton, now at ASU uh, and Plucks. Nate Oates is top recruiter, Travis. Let's face it, Brian mm -hmm. Hodgson's fingerprints were all over this, this freshman class that came in and lit the world on fire here with Miller, Clowney, Bradley, et cetera. Um, so for Nate Oates, uh, he, he's, he's going to have to, he's going to have to find another age recruiter, I think for sure, um, to, to keep things going. 
Yeah, and you know, if you assume that Petway is going to be back, that's that's a good piece to still have. Uh, because Charlie Henry's also moving on to Georgia Southern. So there goes uh, two of your three, you know, top guys uh, as far as assistance. And um, it will be interesting to see exactly who comes in to, to fill those spots. But it shouldn't be – it should be a situation where Nate's got a lot of capable candidates because you win two SEC titles in three years. Um, you get a couple Sweet 16s. Um, there should be no shortage of of excellent candidates for, for Nate to work with. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join Travis and I again next Sunday uh, when we'll be turning our attention more towards spring football. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide. <laughs>